everyone. Welcome to another episode of Social Work Students and COVID-19. I have another special guest today who is a colleague of mine. Um, her name is Veronica, and I'm going to go ahead and let her introduce and share a little bit about herself to the audience. Thank you for joining me, Veronica. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, my name is Veronica Weisenecker. I um, currently attend University of Houston. I'm almost there to graduation. I have probably about six more months. I'm so excited. <laughs> that this journey, I'm, I'm excited, but I, I'm also sad. You know, I've met a lot of great people in my program, and I've met so many great peers in um, educators, and and it's been such a great experience, but I am ready to get out there and work, so... Right. And I think right now is like a great time to like hit the ground running. Like right. we've been able to kind of like get this, you know, pandemic experience, you know, in our personal lives and in our professional lives at our internship. And so to be able to kind of like have this unique, you know, experience, I think will definitely be beneficial once we, you know, kind of hit the market um, looking for work. I think so as well, especially I feel like the whole aspect of how we are social workers um, is changing in the environment as per se, like telehealth, um, our, our clients and our patients, and right now our veterans are having more issues with isolation and depression. Mm -hmm. And that's, we're only going to see an increase, especially you know, we don't know when this is going to end. And so yeah. it, it's, it's changing everything about social work and it's exciting to be, I mean, it's, you know, obviously not the best times, but it's exciting to be part of this change, you know? Yeah, I agree. And something that's been like a reoccurring theme with a lot of the other students is this idea of um, what mental health and the impacts that COVID-19 mm -hmm. has had on, you know, pretty much everybody. Um and, you know, kind of the toll emotionally, physically, mentally that, um, you know, this kind of shift in reality has taken on a lot of people. So I think the implications for, like you're saying, um, whenever COVID is over, because, you know, we don't know when that is, right. um, you know, social work, social workers, therapy, mental health services, I think, you know, will be at an all time high as far yes. as the need and um, kind of just the importance of catering to people's mental health. So right. I think that's so important that you bring that up. Exactly. I, I, I feel the same way. And, and my, um, I have a specialization in trauma and in uh, obviously clinical. Um, mm -hmm. And in saying that there's good, there is not only do we as students see veterans with PTSD, but I think that the whole pandemic is causing a lot of, post-traumatic stress, obviously. And, you know, like you just said, we're going to see it. Um, it's going to be different. It's, it's a different outlook. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so we see, you know, that the pandemic has impacted our lives, you know, um, the world, society, everything as a whole has been impacted. But you touched on this a little bit, but how has the pandemic impacted you specifically as a student and even more so as a social work student? I know you had mentioned, you know, it's just been the experience and it's really highlighting the need for social workers. But how has COVID-19 impacted um, you on a student level? 
So as a student, obviously, you know, the, the whole um, aspect of learning has changed. It, I am a hybrid student, which means I go online as well as face-to-face. Mm-hmm. So the online portion for me has, hasn't been an issue, but the online portion of learning when you have multiple people in your home learning at the same time, because I have, I'm an older student, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm a mother and my children um, are at home learning. We haven't sent them back to school yet. And then I have my husband who works at home. Okay. So as a student, it can get difficult because there is multiple people on laptops at the same time. And we're all, we're all three of us out of the four of us in here are all trying to learn. Um, so we've created safe spaces, obviously, in the house for each of us, you know, learning environment. And, and I guess to say that's probably the best we can do in our situation. As a student, um, you know, it's been a challenge. But at the same time, I have to say, on a positive note, I don't have to get dressed and go into class. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yoga pants is a, is a staple for me, for sure. Yeah, I, and I, it's an interesting point that you bring up because um, a lot of my other peers and colleagues, you know, don't have families or don't have children. So we think the aspect of like shifting and learning, um, mm-hmm. I think it's also important to take in consideration of uh, students who do have younger children or, you know, mm-hmm. children who are, are virtually learning. So um <clears throat> I think it's important because I don't think many people realize that there's multiple student learners in one under one household. Yes. Um, I think often we can forget mm-hmm. that, um, you know, there's still other people besides the one right? student that could be affected. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to hear about your safe spaces that you've created for you and your family. <laughs> how, that, how, how that's kind of been working out for you guys. Like does someone get the office and someone exactly get, you know, their bedroom. Yeah. That works out. So what we did is, so we have, we've created, we have like, um, I don't know, like a nook. We have two story house. So the nook upstairs we've created into my husband's office he um and he's in it so he has he has like four computers on the desk and his headphones on um you know but um, even though we're all in different aspects of the house um there's no door to his office so he has to be reminded and we have to be reminded as a family that we cannot be loud if he's on the phone mm-hmm. you know so the, so if for example i happen to be vacuuming the kids happen to be yelling let's say they're done with school and playtime he's still working so yeah. that has to be taken into consideration. My 13-year-old, we created a desk in her room, which I don't know has been the best idea because she literally doesn't leave her room now. <laughs> <laughs> but we felt that was the best for her because that her being 13 as a teenager, her room is her safe space. And so we wanted her to be comfortable. And so we created this, you know, cute setup, a cute office desk, you know, for her, for her learning environment. And then the struggle has been with my eight-year-old because she's in second grade. So she has a desk that's close to my husband. Um, we have like a game room. And so we set it up there only because she constantly needs, um, she needs attention. So she asks questions, you know, she can't log mm-hmm. in all the time or she has to be redirected to a different website or, you know, she has a question about homework. So, um, that's the struggle because if I'm working, I have set my office 
I was upstairs, but I have set it up downstairs in my room because I can shut my door and I'm away from all the chaos upstairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when I have to speak to veterans um, and sometimes have to be on video calls or conferences or meetings, yeah, I, need, right? I need, yeah, I, it needs to be a safe and I need to be in a safe and I need to be enclosed because it's private information I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 We don't want any HIPAA violations going on. So, um, so that's my space, but see the issue is that when she needs us, or even if my teenager needs us, she, they, you know, we can't, we have to stop what we're doing, you know, whatever we're doing, me and my husband and then help them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the challenges too, as far as just virtual learning in general, is that like, yes, I think, I, for for Baylor, we have been hybrid, just like you had mentioned, you have been hybrid. So it's kind of a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. But I think the transition to now like going fully online, I think is hard on a lot of people because it's yeah. just like, oh, my goodness, so many different Zoom links and calendar yes. insights and, you know, just trying to stay on top of, you know, how to be in front of your computer all day, every day. And I'm sure it's hard, mm-hmm. you know, just as much as for us adult learners. I can only imagine what it's like, you know, for your eight-year-old to have to, you know, navigate the computer all day and really yeah. be, really be focused and present when that's not what all young kids are capable no. of doing realistically. They're not. They're not. And I think, and I think for me as an adult, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I cannot focus anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah. get me out of here. Yes. Um, and and I have a daughter who has ADD. So that even makes it another, my 13-year-old, she struggles. I mean, we really struggle. And it's difficult because her attention span is very short. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So so those are, those are some of the things that we personally, in my household, struggle with, um, with the online learning. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as U of H, um, have they done anything like particularly well for um, you know, for your students in the program, um, as far as going virtually, or is there anything that they haven't done well, whether it be like supportive services, or just, you know, communication via online? Um, Mm -hmm. Has there been any challenges or any, any positive aspects that have been available? I'm gonna say it's been very positive for me personally. Um, uh, I know that when I am feeling overwhelmed and there's been times where I had a lot going on and I couldn't attend to maybe um maybe I was late to class or maybe I didn't go to class or um had a hand in the assignment late or was having trouble um that all my professors have been very open um and um what's the word I want to use Sounds like understanding. Yeah. Since yeah. We're kind very, of like collectively going through the same type of, right. You know, roller coaster of COVID yeah. life. Yes. Very under. Yes. You're right. And patient, you know, with, with me as a student and I'm sure with other students, um, they have, you know, allowed me to hand in homework when I can hand it in, you know, and they understand what's going on um, with this, with, with this pandemic right now. So, in the sense of that, uh, with with online courses, that has been a positive. That has been a big positive because it, they're very uh, under, like you said, understanding. Um, the school in my graduate college of social work, 
they have, and I love this. I yet I have yet to to go to a meeting, but I love that they created a social work safe space online, so you can go. It's a support group for mm-hmm. stu- students who are currently in internships, because our internship has changed this year. I mean, it's we're not getting as students what we've been looking forward to for the last couple of years in our program. We're expect we were we were expecting this hands on in you know interaction yeah one-on-one and we're going to be going to homes and you know helping people with whatever their you know crises or issues are and that's kind of halted for us a lot of us are are doing some people are doing internships primarily just from home so um they have created this support space where you can go online i think it's like wednesdays between 12 and 1 and talk about any issues you have and on there they have um LCSW professors who, you know, are there to talk about these issues and, you know, what we could do for self-care, what we can do to help us, you know, if there's, um, they're very in tune with their students. So they um, offer like facilitation between internships and the students, should they have any issues, you know, they, okay. they're having, they can't resolve. So I, I think on the whole, UH has been doing a, a good job. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, Baylor also has a support group as well that mm-hmm. meets during the week. I'm not sure what day it is. And it, it's off, it's ran by two of our professors as well. And mm-hmm. it is, you know, it's a private group. It's just for students. And right. it's really just kind of just to to vent and right. be like, I'm struggling or, right. like, you know, I'm just not having a good day, whatever it may mm-hmm. be. And it's really, I think it's a great thing because, you know, we're collectively, you know, all experiencing internship during a pandemic, all experiencing, you know, graduate level work during a pandemic, and then just whatever else regular life is throwing at you. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think to have those safe spaces is important. Um, I think especially with other social workers, because who else is going to understand you best? Right, um, right. Than than your peers and your colleagues who are you know, have similar situations and are, you know, working with similar clients or having similar issues with clients and Mm -hmm. just learning how to navigate through it. Right. Um, So, I mean, I, I know that you've mentioned COVID-19 has impacted, you know, your learning has impacted your family who is all at home learning and working (laughs) and just and doing regular life. Um, and you had mentioned a little bit about the veteran clients that you work with, um, but in your department or your unit, what are, what are some of the impacts that you've seen take on, um, take on during COVID-19 for your clients? Um, so I am in home-based primary care, which means we cater to veterans who are, um, medical, who have medical conditions where they primarily have to be at home. Um, and the, Population is mostly geriatric. Um, you know, we have about maybe I'm going to say 60 to 70 and above um, age range and a multitude of mental health and physical uh, medical issues. Um, so probably the biggest impact I'm going to say has hit their group. It has been isolation for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And and what I'm seeing a lot is um, kind of like this obsession with the news. So they're, they're constantly having the news on. Um, and 
obviously right now we're, there's not a lot of positivity coming on the news. And so, yeah, it's kind of like the same stuff every day, right? Right. right. Nothing's really changing. Right. And so that hasn't been, you know, that hasn't been, it's been, it's been very impactful in the sense that they are seeing the same things and they're starting, you know, to get depressed and starting to get mixed emotions about what's going on and either anger, sadness, um, and, and in dealing with those either with like some veterans do have family and some veterans don't, they're completely on their own. Yeah. So having to deal with that, um, is difficult, I feel. And then, you know, the, if some of them need to come in to the hospital, to the VA, it's, it's also harder, um, because, you know, some, sometimes transportation isn't the best and it's harder to get there. Yeah. Um, they don't have transportation. They're scared. A lot of, lot of families I'm hearing are scared to leave their house. They don't want to come in for that appointment. So they skip it. So they miss it. Um, yeah. And then I think lastly, that we have a, a, a good amount of veterans who, who need uh, long-term care, nursing care, adult daycare during the day. Um, oh yeah. And those have been impacted. Yes. And that's significantly huge, like weak, like it's hard. We, I remember looking for a veteran, looking the other day for a veteran to find him an adult daycare by his house. And it was difficult because they're all closed. Um, yeah. Or they're closed temporarily and they're going to reopen back up or they have limited capacity. So that's been, yeah, I find, I find that when I'm doing referrals to nursing homes or, you know, to any type of home health agency that kind of who we're contracted with changes on a daily basis because of COVID. So it's like, you know, I could be able to get a veteran, you know, into this nursing home, but, you know, for whatever reason, the process is taking longer and that nursing home is now closed to new admissions. And so, you know, it's really hard to, you know, kind of navigate, you know, um, extending services and resources to these veterans when, you know, we're also put, put um put in the middle of facing barriers to getting them right um and like you said we're seeing it all around and um it is and it is difficult i also seen and heard um the impact of isolation especially because i think the va um has been a place where people kind of just gather and hang out with other veterans Mm -hmm. and hang out with their friends Mm -hmm. um, and really just be there just to be there. And so I think um, part of the isolation too comes from like missing your social or social groups that a lot of these veterans are used to just hanging out at the VA for the day with their buddies or whatever it may be. Right. And so I think the loss of that is a huge impact on a lot of these veterans who do, you know, who do enjoy being at the VA. Yes. And a lot, and that's what I've seen the most is this veteran, like um, these friendships and bonds, these veterans are, are that they have, that they have created amongst each other. And then, then they're losing that. That's a huge aspect. That's a huge you know, part of their day, you know, is to, mm-hmm. is to socialize. And so, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I find that to be a common thing is, you know, mental health, isolation, mm-hmm. Um, I think especially in older adults, I mean, of course, every other population and community is impacted by all of these things. But um, I think, 
you know, especially since we work with veterans and a lot of them who are older, we see this just on a daily basis and how it really takes a toll and um, has impacted them on a large, on a large scale. For sure. So um, I think it'll be important, you know, as we go into our next rotation to see kind of like the, you know, the impacts and the challenges that are currently being faced, especially in mental health. Yes, I am glad Mm -hmm. we are getting a rotation in mental health because, you know, I think out of our peers, for only one of us got mental health, the other four got medical. So yeah, I, I, I'm eager to see this other, this different, yes, this different side to things. Yeah. So I know we talked a lot about, you know, um, taking care of others and, you know, providing services to our clients Mm -hmm. and um, trying to work with all the barriers and the everyday changes that we have with COVID. Um, And something I think that a lot of people are practicing or, you know, becoming more in tune with is self-care. Yes. So I think we know (laughs) as social workers, you know, we have to care for ourselves. We have to, you know, do things for ourselves just as we would do for our clients. Mm -hmm. Um, So what's one way or what are ways that you practice self-care um, during COVID and just to kind of, you know, give yourself that time. Well, you know, there's definitely, there's definitely been an increased need for self-care. You know, you, like you said, as social workers, they, they like really, really hit us with the self-care talk. Yes. From the, all the time. Yeah, all the time from like the beginning of my first class, it was all about self-care and, you know, he's like, okay, self-care, I get it. Self-care. But I mean, now, Yes. Yes. So important because, um, we too are, are be, you know, as students, just human beings, we're isolated right now and we're losing out on socialization. And so you can only have so much of, um, zoom time with your family. I miss hugging yeah. them. I miss them incredibly. So, uh, I find that I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, and I do it on the way to the VA and I make sure it's something positive. Um, okay. I, I, I started doing that and that has helped. Uh, Any recommendations for our <laughs> listeners for positive, encouraging, or something to kind of get your mind off type of podcast? Let's see. I, well, of course, I, I mean, I wouldn't be a UH student if I didn't say Brene Brown, right? Um, okay. <laughs> unlocking she's up. popular. Yeah, she's a great one. I love Dak Shepard and his Armchair Expert podcast. They're just interesting they're interesting. He has, a, you know, uh, so many different um, speakers on there in, in interesting conversations. Um, there was one I found that uh, it's called the Good Life Project. That one's pretty that's a that's a real positive podcast. Everything about that is just uplifting. So um, those are probably the three I listen to the most. Um, and then I, I got to get outside. We got to get outside. Um if it's a walk, I, or I, we've been, our family has been really hitting the bikes. So we take the bikes. I mean, we even do it like I'll do it. If I'm having a lunch break, um, during my internship and the kids are at lunch, like they have a lunch break or they're done with school. I'm like, let's go. Even if it's 30 minutes, whatever, let's go. Let's, we got to move. We got to move our bodies because what are we doing at home? We're <laughs> sitting in our swivel chairs yes. and, and staring into the screen. Yes. And, and, and we're eating <laughs> and we're eating a lot. <laughs> I know I am. 
No, I think collectively we all are eating more than we, you know, than we typically would because we're so kind of like stuck in one place. And I I think it's just easy to sit at your desk and, you know, munch and drink exactly and drink whatever else. And so I think you're just like, oh, let me just snack on some chips. Right. Let me just. And so it's just so easy just to sit in your work chair and snack I mean it is and you know it you don't want to but okay so like you have to have a, a positive relationship with food you know and and I think right now it's just comforting it's so comforting just to to to, to just be around food but like you know the positive aspect of that at least for me is that I have more time to cook with my family so yeah that has been that has been a benefit you know because usually it's oh my god we're rushing we're on the way home let's get fast food whatever now we can actually cook together because we're all home. So yeah, that that's that's and that is a form of self care. I feel in itself. So um, I think that the exercise for sure, getting out or even like getting outdoors to take a class or to to um, just sitting in your backyard or front yard, <laughs> just to I've seen people do that on, in line on class uh, on Zoom, just to go out in your backyard and instead of being in your office or on your couch. Right. I think sometimes it's just so hard for us to like, you know, get out of our everyday kind of swing of things and like really kind of close the computer and be like, okay, it's not computer time anymore. It's let's, let's watch a movie and have dinner. Let's, you know, let's sit outside and play with the dog, whatever it may be. So I feel like it's like really hard to kind of, you know, discipline, at least for myself, discipline myself, like, okay, you don't need to watch Netflix. You can probably like <laughs> go for a nice walk instead. And then, yes. like, you know, so I feel like it's a really hard. Um... It is hard. It is hard. And that's a hard, um, it's that part of self-care that is kind of, it's difficult because we're, we've become complacent at home, you know? Yeah. And I think we were starting to become comfortable yes. at home too. Like, yes. oh, this is nice. I can get used to this. Exactly. Yeah. I and this is not my couch all day. Like I, I was going into internship one day a week and then it and then it stopped just because of increase in COVID. Mm-hmm. And um I'll be going back one day a week, you know, for the remaining time. And I'm like, oh, I gotta get ready. Like I gotta be up <laughs> early. Like I like and I think it's also helpful just to be like, okay, get out of the house, yes, but still be cautious and careful. Yes. And also I can't sit there and eat at my desk, right? Because I have to have my mask on. Right. And, you know, abide by guidelines. So it's kind of like, okay, let me, let me change my, my day once a week. I can. Yeah. 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 That's true. If you can be safe, it's, it's, if you can be safe and get out and do, you know, I mean like parks, um, something like that, um, that that's great self-care in itself. And obviously the go-to yoga meditation, I haven't done a lot of yoga. I've been lazy, but (laughs) I have like five yoga mats I haven't used. But the, you know, meditation or, or, you know, anything like that, anything, I use a lot of oils as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love diffusers. You know, it just puts me in a nice, it just puts, I like smells. So candles, stuff like that, just to relax, you know? Yeah. 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 I understand. Um, So I I know we've talked about a lot and, you know, COVID-19 has impacted every aspect of our lives and, Mm -hmm challenged us um you know has brought to light many things 
um, that we probably wouldn't have noticed or, you know, been aware of whatever it may be in personal, professional, or, you know, just disparities in the world. Um, so what is, what is the impact that you think COVID-19 will have on social worker? I think, especially as being a new soon to be graduate, Mm -hmm. um, what do you think that, what do you think social work will look like after? I know we touched on it a little bit with the mental health Mm -hmm. and, um, addressing those needs. Um, I think there is any other implications for social workers post post COVID-19, whatever that means, whenever that is, right. that looks like, right. you know, so uncertain. I, I think for sure, as a student going into this field, you have to be comfortable with uncertainty right now, because we don't, know what you're right we don't know what it's going to look like it could be six months could be a year could be two years it could change forever um mm-hmm. and to to things are going to change and so in order or are changing and uh, as we go into the field i feel we have to be as as new social workers very flexible in understanding um with how we work now, whether it be um, through telehealth, um, whether yeah, which is going to be huge as we're huge. seeing. Yes, yes. So that's 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 one aspect I feel students should be very comfortable with because I think this is going to change everything, um, and as well as being maybe more open and tune and understanding with where people are right now. We talked about mental health. Yes. And there's, there's a lot of um, financial struggles out there as well. And uh, people's situations are going to be different. And mm-hmm. um, in, in maybe difficult to understand. And we have to be, I guess, sensitive to that um to know that um just human human life's gonna look different (laughs) um and and people are gonna be different and this this pandemic has affected people in all sort of different ways and not everyone's going to um react the same and so we may have different clientele that we never had before or maybe more issues or maybe multiple issues you know yeah or things we we may not have you know so much experience in addressing right this yes this whole pandemic and you know the challenges and navigation is not anything anybody um you know yes has 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 had the experience to deal with or work through and so I think you know, we're learning as social workers just as much as everybody else is learning to kind of. Right. That It's not like we get a class on COVID-19 and how to, you know, like we, that, <laughs> we didn't get that class. And, and but who knows, maybe in, in a year they're going to create one, how, you know, mental health and, and pandemics and or something like that. And and so, yes, you're right. We are going to see, we're, we're going to, you know, you get, you get to talk about the major clinical issues and social work, but we may, see, we're, we're going to see stuff probably that's not get taught in the classroom. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, like I said, flexibility, being open to it. Yeah. 
was definitely those kind of skills we were definitely going to need going forward. Yeah. I think this may also go into our, our, our next uh, question is kind of piece of advice you would have for other social workers. So, I mean, you said, you know, flexibility and uh, you know, just kind of learning how to, to roll with things in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that's also part of, you know, advice you would give to other social work students who are practicing during COVID-19 or if you have anything, you know, else you would you would share with them. So for sure. Uh, so I'm a student ambassador at UH and I as student ambassadors, we have a blog. And so I wrote a blog article on completing a clinical internship from home, like the insights from from working in field right now. And so there's a lot of students who are really upset about, of course, and, and, and I understand why they're upset. I mean, I'm upset too that we cannot be in a hands-on social work position, right? Yeah. But again, there's other aspects of it that can, if you're flexible and open to other aspects of it that are rewarding. And so what I've learned from being at home um, is I really learned to talk, like I've learned how to develop relationships over the phone. It is difficult. Yes, of course. You cannot see the environment they're in. You cannot, it's hard to sense emotion, right? Um, yeah. Or just right. to pick up on like exactly. cues, body language right. and facial and so we learn that as social workers. We learn that we have, it's person and environment. And so how do we do that over the phone? Mm-hmm. Um, you, and you, you, you have to, you, it's a learning process. And then I, and I'm learning how to do that. And I'm learning how to, um, you know, like, as our supervisor said, be comfortable with silence or what I, I've had a lot of people who have gotten emotional and cried, you know, just talking over the phone or in telehealth visits. Yes. And you, yes. you have to learn how to um, do that, whether it's over the phone or in person. Um, there's going to be a lot of phone calls in the next upcoming, you know, year, year, I guess with this, like we said, telehealth, um, that we can't see our clients or our patients face to face. So I would say, um, for students going forward, yes, it looks different, but try to get, try to try to find the positivity in it because it's going to only enhance your skills as a social worker and make you unique that you are able to do this when maybe, you know, um, other people are struggling with. If you can, if you can uh, learn how to assess over the phone or in telehealth and, and be comfortable with technology, um, it's only going to be benefit to you in the long run. Yeah, I, I think that's great advice. And I think it's important, you know, that we, kind of all remember we're collectively you know going through change or collectively trying to understand this new wave of telehealth and trying to to kind of enhance these skills that you know we probably have but just never really had to really put to use and kind of um gear Mm -hmm. up a little a little better um you know when we're working with limited you know interaction and limited face-to-face connection um, so I think it's important, you know, and I, I also think, uh, one thing that you said too is important is change and not being able to yeah. control everything, you know, um, I think, I think it's so hard for a lot of people and a lot of different personalities. Like we, 
for me, mm-hmm. I like structure, I me like too. order, I like list, <laughs> I like tasks. And, and this has yep. been a total learning curve. I've had to just be like, okay, we're not meeting at eight o'clock. Yes. We'll meet when we can meet or, oh, this meeting we're you know, we're not sure if it's happening or I'm playing phone tag yep. with a client because, you know, yep. I'm using proximity <laughs> and, you know, just as far right. as confidentiality. So I think it's just like, you know, learning to learning to just roll with it. And um, it's something that I've had to learn, especially um, as a For student, sure. you know, I think, you know, we can't, we can't, we can't expect the order or kind of like the, stru- the, yeah, the structure, um, the details, right. you're right. keep I'm the, the details. I, yeah. I, I need structure. I need structure. I love structure. I like to do this. I get organized. I'm, I'm totally like that. But like, yeah, you're right. You can't get all of a client. Yeah. It's frustrating or you have to call back or you need to be on this platform or that platform or that meeting gets canceled and you have to re you know hey I'm not going anywhere I'm here yeah it's not like I have to be in Houston in half an hour right I'm here so yeah yeah and and I think also it's um I don't want to say any of this to complain I think it's just more frustration on behalf of Mm -hmm. like clients and patients because I want to make sure that you know in my day that you know, I'm getting everybody that I need to talk to and that, you know, I'm helping, you know, meet whatever needs or resources or, you know, answering any of their questions kind of before the end of the day. Um, Because it's really not about Mm -hmm. me. It's about them. And I think it's just, you know, you get, I get frustrated on behalf of them because I'm like, (laughs) oh, if we were in person, like, right at the same time in one shot. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And so now that we're, now that we're shifting our gears a little bit, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it can be frustrating and, but remembering right. we're collectively, you know, we're collectively all working through it. And, um, I think how we handle it right. is very I, different I think too, you're right. So. We have to be, um, we have to be, um, understanding the fact that they have a life too, that we don't know what's going on with them on the other side, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I, you know, COVID-19 is just such an interesting time for everybody. And, um, you know, I think as a student, like, I am very grateful to have this experience. I, I understand that it's impacted, you know, a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And I, and I don't say grateful mm-hmm. as in, like, I wish this upon anyone. I say it as in, for you sure. know, it's a learning experience. And I, you know, I think it's highlighted a lot of, you know, um, yes. injustices, disparities, mm-hmm. and gaps and barriers that, like, unfortunately had to come to light during such a wild, mm-hmm. wild time. So um, I think it's a Me great too. time to be a I social work student. Because we are, like, in the just of it, like, we are knee-deep <laughs> in social work. Um, like you said, you don't want to make this, like, uh, you know... Um, you want to put this in a, in a way that's, that says, I'm proud to be a social worker right now because of, because of the increase in, in those issues, in bringing to light all the issues, financial instability, social injustice, um, gender inequality, whatever mm-hmm. it may be that people are going through right now, it's only highlighted like threefold. And yes, 100%. And uh, you know, it, I I think it's only 
hopefully gonna bring you know positive changes and I think you know people are just gonna advocate more for all of these different things now that I think you know hopefully kind of people who are outside social work um, and who you know aren't familiar with our code of ethics but all of Mm -hmm. this is part of our code Mm -hmm. of ethics and our values and you know what we work so hard to attain for people Um, so I am glad you um, shared your experience and kind of your insights and your positivity for social work students, for social work and the future of the field and what we can do. So I appreciate your time and everything you've shared with our audience today. And I hope the audience um, enjoys your episode. Thank you. And thank you for having me again.